Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the latest episode of Trendlebed Tales. And tonight's episode is our annual roundup of what was going on in Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom during the year. Now, this is the fifth year that I have done this program. The, in fact, this was the subject of my very first podcast back in 2010, and I'm. Really, I find it to be a useful thing, and I hope interesting thing, so I hope you'll enjoy it tonight. Uh, Before we get going, though, let's just take a quick moment and do a little housekeeping. Okay, and our housekeeping Uh, Today is to remind everybody that you can call in during the show with comments or questions. The number is toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free 1-877-633-9389. You can also call in with the direct number, which is 714 Two four two five two five three. That's seven one four two four two five two five three. Now those numbers are only active while the show is on the air. Uh, but if you are ever out and about when the episode is on and you want to listen, or if you have a question or comment, you can sure use those numbers for either way. Uh, you can use them both for contacting me and to just listen when you're not near a computer. Once the episode has gone to archive, then it is easy to listen. You can either find it going through my blog, or you can go in through www.blogtalkradio.com slash trendlebedtales. You can also find it for download on iTunes. And if you are an iTunes user, I would ask that you subscribe. And we're always glad to get comments on there because that helps it show up in people's searches. And if you are just stumbling over this podcast, I would like to let you know that you can also find me under Trendlebed Tales on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. I have accounts on Instagram and Flickr and videos on YouTube and Vimeo. I've been mostly moving to Vimeo lately, but you can find me all those places. And I'm even on LinkedIn and academia.edu and some of those other ones. So be sure to reach out to me beyond uh, the podcast. And I think that does it for right now.
And that is it for our housekeeping. That was sweeping with a broom, if you couldn't tell. And that moves us into the subject of tonight's podcast. And the first thing is my New Year's resolution. Because I seem to have trouble as the year goes on to keep my normal schedule of podcasts. And I actually have been quite uh, falling down on that lately. I have, um, well, I haven't done an interview in quite a while, but I do have some people lined up. So hopefully in the new year, we will get back to a more regular schedule of uh, episodes. The first one would be the update for the month, and that one's going to be a longer than normal. Normally, it's their 15 minutes max, those introductions to the month, but this time it's going to be a half hour because we're going to be looking ahead for what's going to happen in Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom in 2016. And that episode is going to be uh, January 7th, that's next Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time. And if you have your own predictions or news you want to share, feel free to turn call in at those same numbers. Oh, and I forgot to say, we do have a chat room. If you're listening live, you can also get in there and chat. Okay. So, heading on to what is going on this year. And I have a lot of notes, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, This was probably um, best thought of as the year of Pioneer Girl. Uh, It came out last summer in 2000 and, and, well, in 2014. It was supposed to come out in the summer. It actually didn't come out till right before Christmas. And it was the hot seller. Mostly for two reasons, I think. It was a big press run for a, basically a university press, but it was a small press run for anything else. And then they got just an incredible blow up of publicity, and all of the publicity was very salacious. And if there's anything Americans like, it's finding out our heroes have fleet, feet of clay. And this way, it's the real behind-the-scenes story, which people love. Um, that really isn't what Pioneer Girl is, but kudos to them for marketing that way because it's certainly uh, boosted its sales. It has remained strong on the New York Times bestseller list, and there are still articles coming out about how Pioneer Girl is remaining a strong seller. Uh, In addition to that, Pamela Smith-Hill, who served as the editor of the uh, published version, uh, was all over the place. She spoke at Bora Palooza this summer. She was the special guest at the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library for the Laura Ingalls Wilder Remembered event on Labor Day. Uh, She was recorded at that, and the speech went out on CNN. She did her second MOOC, which is Massive Online Something Classroom. Maybe it's open. Massive Open Online Class. That might be it. But anyway, it's basically an online class that's free, and that was uh, through uh, the um, Missouri University, and I can't remember its exact name right now, which I should have looked up, but I didn't. So anyway, they had this 
um, massive class. They did one part of it in 2014 and the second one in 2015. The numbers for registration were very high. The numbers for completion were very low, but that's pretty typical for a MOOC. Uh, and if you missed it, part one anyway, the episodes were all, the speech parts were all uh, uploaded to YouTube, and there's a post on the Trundle Bed Tales that you can find that links you to every one of those posts in order, which is not really easy to do from their YouTube site. At least I didn't think it was. So you may want to go through the podcast to find them. And even if you're not overly interested in um, the talks, they're well worth looking for because several of them are done from inside Rocky Ridge. And as they don't normally let you photograph things inside Rocky Ridge, to be able to see it on video from angles they don't normally photograph credible. I highly recommend looking at those podcasts. Uh, there were also a really big push in books um, this year. There was uh, Nancy Cleveland came out with Laura Ingalls Wilder, An Education in Kingsbury County, Dakota Territory, 1880 to 1885. Nancy's been researching that for a very long time. Uh, some of you will probably remember her wonderful website, Pioneer Girl, which is currently um, not open, but you can find out about the school stuff anyway by getting a copy of this book through the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society in Smet. Nancy also this summer did a series of cemetery tours. Uh, she did them pretty much all the pageant weekends. Wasn't sure how good of a response she was getting going to get. Um, they went long and um, Bill Anderson told me how much he enjoyed the one he went on. I unfortunately didn't get to take the tour because I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off the one day I was there that they offered it, uh, trying to keep the dismet activities for Laura Palooza going. But I really hope she does it again next year so I get a chance to go. No firm word on that either way. Uh, there also was a lot of republishing this uh, year. Uh, the Musical Memories of Laura Ingalls Wilder came out. There's a review of that on Trundle Bed Tales. And it basically, to sum up, the book had some actual substanti uh, substantial changes to it, but you don't get any more or new or corrected information. Um, the, Read the, the review is the easiest way to do it. I would say if you have a copy of the original version and have it came with an audio cassette and want the CD instead, which is very good, I highly recommend the CD, uh, go ahead and get a new copy if you want to. If you never got a copy, great addition for your collection. They also have started reprinting a lot of the Laura books that came out in the 1990s when there was a big push to try and change Laura into the American girls, which were making a killing in publishing at the time. And uh, there have been several of those books reissued. Uh, World of the Little House is probably the most complete of those. 
And they're basically available in print again. Check with the home sites if you weren't around then or hadn't collected then or missed out because they are fun things to get. Uh, Okay. Um, Looking down my notes, that gets us to July when the third Laura Palooza conference was. This is the conference that's held by the Laura Ingalls Wilder Legacy and Research Association. I was president of that for the last couple of years, and I was one of the co-chairs of this conference. And um, people seem to think it went really well. Uh, we, as I mentioned, we had Pamela Snell Hill, we had William Anderson, we had um, John Miller, we had um, a bunch of people who've done specific research things. Uh, there's information about that still on the Beyond Little House page, which is the website for the organization. So if you're interested, check that out. There is also a Facebook page for Beyond Little House and a group for the conference. So if you want to know uh, everything that's coming up, you want to probably join that Facebook group and also make sure that you keep your membership current. I am off the board. So if you have any questions, you want to contact them directly, not me, because I'm basically not involved anymore. Also at Laura Palooza, uh, they gave out the Lauren Goes Wilder Legacy Award, which is something that I was most proud of being involved in getting started. And uh, we had previously, well, the first year we gave it to Bill Anderson because, of course, you give it to Bill Anderson, but we can't have the same every year. So last year we had Barbara Walker of the Little House Cookbook and uh, Shirley Nockmoose, who was the driving force in Walnut Grove uh, for Laura stuff for years, decades. And this year we had John Miller, who wrote the wonderful Becoming Laura Ingalls Wilder, which I always say is the best Laura biography with footnotes, as opposed to the one with that best one without footnotes, which is Billy Anderson's, of course. Uh, And Sally House, who was with her husband, Larry, the big moving force behind the Laura Ingalls Wilder uh, Association in Malone slash Burke. They kind of argue which one is the actual town that the farm is in. Uh, The Amanda Wilder farm out in New York. So, uh, and she was, well, they as a couple were one of the major forces behind it. And if you read the signs when you visit there, you will see their name Uh, on every memorial plaque because of their work. So we were very pleased to be able to honor them. Speaking of Malone, also uh, around that time, Malone, uh, well, the Elmanza Wilder Farm, uh, became an American Library Association literary landmark. Uh, Now what that means is an organization has agreed to sponsor a physical place that was uh, considered to have importance to the development of an author. Uh, And if you want to read a little bit more about it, you can find it on the ALA's website. 
You can also read about it in my post on Wilson Rawls because that's actually where I first ran into this thing. But I'm very glad to hear that uh, the Almanza Wilder Farm got it. Hopefully, we'll see if we can get the other home sites on board too. And they had a lovely ceremony and unveiled a brass plaque. So be sure to look for that if you visit Malone. Uh, also in that June-July time frame, Old World Wisconsin continued their World of Laura event. Uh, you can get a past podcast episode where I interviewed someone from Old World Wisconsin about that. Um, they started with a single day. That's what it was when I visited there, and I really hope I can get back. Uh, there is uh, now, then it went to a month, and now it's to six weeks because it's been so popular. Um, I have heard good things about this. You will have different events going on depending on when you go. But I think anytime you will have fun. And one of the unique things about it is normally uh, historic museums and living history places, and since I was just there, Disney don't allow adults to dress up in costume. Uh, they don't want to confuse uh, visitors. They don't want people maybe giving out bad information while people assume they're a member of the site. They don't want people showing up in bad or wrong clothes. So uh, Old Rose, Wisconsin, for this uh, uh, World of uh, Little House event, is very unique in that they encourage adults to dress up to wear their Laura dresses and come and visit, and you get a discount off the admission if you do. If you do plan a trip to Old World, Wisconsin, when I was there, which it's longer than 10 years now, but I stayed at the Eagle Stagecoach Stop in Eagle, Wisconsin, uh, which is a really um, lovely bed and breakfast, no elevator, three stories, just warning you. But uh, at least if it has lived up to the standard, I would recommend staying there. I will definitely stay there if I ever go back, which hopefully I will. Uh, this year, the Desmet pageant was by the shores of Silver Lake. Uh, it was a little shorter than they normally are, but uh, it was an interesting adaption. And they will be doing um, the long winter, I think it's right. Yeah, it should be the long winter in 2016. The Desmet pageant has developed, has decided where they used to write a pageant, keep it going for a couple of years, and then switch to the next one in the series. They are now going to be doing a different pageant every year. They also tear up the script and start from scratch every time they do a new pageant. Uh, so the, what the production of Silver Lake you saw this summer would be nothing like the production of Silver Lake that you would have seen the last time they did it. So uh, it's always something new each year in Desmet. So if you possibly can, try and get there for the new program, and I definitely will be doing that this year. Moving on to August. Uh, this was the second year that Vinton hosted a Mary Ingalls pageant, and I really strongly recommend, if you can, getting to Vinton. I've been helping them out with their Facebook page and very occasionally making it to the meetings. I sadly need to get there a little bit more often. 
but it's a very nice pageant, and I can say that fairly objectively because I didn't have anything to do with the script or the casting or the rehearsals or anything like that. And I really, really liked the middle section where they talk about life at the board at the school for the blind, and that came off of memories and notes about teaching instruction and the different teachers. Uh, philosophies at the school at the time and it's just it really is such a window into what happened to Mary off screen and also I like the end part which they based heavily on um, grandpa's fiddle that Rose wrote but it's it's just really a lovely end point um and the beginning part's interesting because you're seeing stories you're used to seeing from Laura's point of view, from Mary's point of view. And I have gotten, since I've been working with the Mary Association, I have gotten much more into Mary's viewpoint, and we need more of it. Mary all lived all these places, too, and I think it is important to point that out. The other big thing at Vinton is there was a section of graves for students, and they were unmarked. And that's been their big uh, project this fall is to raise money to uh, get a marker on those students that died while attending the school. And they have met their goal. And watch uh, the Trendle Bed Tales blog because I've got a uh, post on that coming up um, relatively soon. And so you will enjoy looking at that. During September was, of course, when another big batch of Laura Days hit. I was at the one in Pepin, and Bill Anderson was there with me. We did a program on the stage, and Bill was everywhere, signing books and giving talks and being an incredibly good sport. He even was the Grand Marshal of the parade, so I really enjoyed that. There was a big changeover with several of the home sites. Uh, her job is as part-time curator there at the Walnut Grove Museum and has now gone to the Renville County Historical Society as director. And I know she is sorely missed, uh, both on social media, where she was very active on behalf of the museum, and just in general, uh, her position has been uh, replaced and I don't have the guy who got its name here, but uh, it has been filled. And hopefully he will take up being a little bit more active in the role. At Independence, the director, Michelle Martin, who I think a lot of you know, she was responsible for bringing a lot of living history to the site. Uh, she left and uh, is now going to be working on her uh, PhD at a, out of out, not in Kansas school, and uh, she was replaced by Jean. Yeah, I'm probably going to mispronounce this. I am sorry. People mispronounce Utah all the time, so don't take it personally. Shodarf, who is a member of the family that owns the site and was previously a state representative, state senator. Anyway, she she was an elected official. And uh, that is, um, so hopefully we'll see exciting things come out of that. 
Finally, in DeSmet late this summer, Cheryl Palmland resigned her position as director. She's still working part-time with the museum, and she was placed by Tessa Flack, who has a little bit more of a museum background, and um, hopefully I will be getting her as one of my interviewees on the podcast in the relatively near future. Some questions about Tessa and what she's doing. And then the other big news in Laura fandom this year was that uh, the the family, Tripp and Rebecca uh, Friendly, who are the kids of Ed Friendly, who was one of the major forces in getting the Little House in the Prairie TV show uh, started and going on NBC, have um, moved into... Uh, really showing an interest in promoting Laura things. Now, uh, we last heard from them in 2011 when they settled their lawsuit with the Little House in the Prairie Museum in Independence, but now they are really going full force. Their website is littlehouseintheprairie.com. It's really sort of a Laura Ingalls Wilder lifestyle. There's things about sewing and crafting and uh, cooking and quilting, and just all sorts of different things. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to do that. They have the rights, uh, apparently, for the TV show, for historic photos, for quotes from the series. So there is lots of that kind of stuff mixed in, which isn't quite as normal on other websites because those rights are expensive, but they have them there, which is good to see. I have posted three pieces on it, but there's all sorts of other people, Linda Halpin, who I've interviewed before, who is the big Laura quilt person and a quilt historian in general. They've had a piece by Pamela Hill-Smith, a piece by Melanie Fishbane, who I love, who's a friend of mine online, who's doing a lot of stuff with Ellen Montgomery of Anna Green Gables, too. They uh, On the website, you can get major titles of books that you would get on the home site. They are also uh, the distributor for the Dean Butler documentaries, and uh, both of the Amanda Wilder one and uh, the Laura's Legacy DVD. So if you have not gotten one of those yet, they were out of commission for a while, uh, but now they are back so you can get copies. They also have made a license deal with Andover Fabrics so you can get officially licensed material. And Linda Halpin has been doing some great sewing examples on that. You can get them through uh, quilt stores. And I think you can also get it directly from them. And also they have a deal with Queen's Treasures Doll Accessories. Now these are accessories for dolls that are the American Girl size so you just know what size. It isn't officially for American Girl, but there are lots of uh, American Girl-like dolls. In fact, my niece has one of those. And these accessories are pioneer things. And the most impressive one is a horse or a team of horses and a wagon. So if your Laura doll absolutely needs a team of horses and a wagon, and frankly, whose doesn't? Uh, you can get those through the Queen's Treasures. And oh, one last thing I see here. I had a note about Mansfield, and this was the second year that they had 
a fiddle off there and it's going to be a continuing event at Wilder Days down there in Mansfield. So that was about all the time I had. So it worked out real well. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, looking back at 2015 with me. And remember, at on Thursday, January 7th at 8, we are going to be looking ahead to Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom in 2016. If anybody has any comments they want to make about that, go ahead and uh, you can contact me on email, info at Trundlebed Tales. You can get me on Facebook or Twitter at Trundlebed Tales and let me know what you think I should include. Uh, also, I always host a, a birthday party on air for Laura Ingalls Wilder, and it is going. And I always do it on Laura's birthday. And it is going to be on Sunday, February 7th. Since it is a Sunday this year, we'll probably be doing sometime in the afternoon. I don't have it officially scheduled yet, but make sure you uh, mark that on your calendar to tune in for that. And with that, thank you for joining me for Trendlebed Tales. And uh, join me next time. And remember, brighten the corner where you are. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.